My name is Tim, and I am uh, just like all of the rest of you. I'm a member of this church. I uh, I am uh, I have been coming here since 2012, the end of 2012, um, and I actually came down for a little while in the summer of 2011. Um, but I. Yeah, I've been here for a while, and um, the, the pastors this week were out at pastor camp. I hope they had a lot of fun, um, probably climbing ropes courses and things like that. I don't actually know what they did, um, but they asked me to speak, and so I said, sure, um, and they gave me a, um, I guess they kind of said, you can talk on Proverbs if you want, and uh, if you don't want to, that's okay too. Uh, I kind of chose, well, I should probably keep the Proverbs thing going because I I don't know if we're talking about Proverbs next week, but I think it would be weird to jump out of Proverbs and then back in. So um, I'm going to go ahead and keep that going. And I have some good things from Proverbs. I think Proverbs is actually like a really good... Um, well, I think most of you know Proverbs is great wisdom, and um, I think a lot of people will read it every single, every single, uh, well, read a chapter of Proverbs every single day uh, because there are 31 and it kind of fits within the month. It's really nice. Um, so, um, my topic for today is is the heart. Um, it's it's Proverbs 4:23. Um, and kind of reviewing what we've talked about in the past and going into mine, uh, in the first week, Tim, not me, Tim, uh, Tim, the one that's in China, and also Tim, the, the one that is uh, a little bit older than me, um, he, and a little bit, a lot a bit wiser than me, uh, he talked about Proverbs 3 and um, just acknowledging Jesus as God and acknowledging God in your life and um, and Jesus in your life. And then the next week, Greg um, talked about wisdom and money and being good stewards of the things that God has given us. Um, the week after that, uh, Brad talked about getting counsel and um, how we make decisions and basically being wise in the way that we make decisions. And then the week after that, um, Greg talked about Proverbs 12 and kind of contrasted the wicked man and the, and the righteous man um, and, and put it in the, in, the, um, in the context of the prodigal son and how we can become the righteous man through Jesus. Um, and so that kind of leads us into this. Uh, this week I'm, I'm jumping kind of back from Proverbs 12 um, into Proverbs 4. And one of the most famous, I guess, verses in, in, um, in Proverbs and, and one of the, the most, I guess, famous uh, verses in the Bible that you're going to hear a lot is, is Proverbs 4.23. But before we jump into what... Proverbs 4.23 says, and kind of unpack all of that, I want to get a base understanding of where we've come from. So um, I think it's, it's very clear that our hearts are diseased, not only uh, spiritually, but really physically. Um, so uh, according to the CDC, uh, about 610,000 people in the United States every year die from heart disease some kind of heart disease. There are different kinds of heart disease. It doesn't really matter um, what, what one it is. Uh, ultimately, 610,000 people die from heart disease. It is the number one cause of death for both men and women in the United States. Um, 
I think the Bible would argue a little differently. I think it would say every death, all death, is because of heart disease. Um, It is the only cause of death because sin enters our heart and it causes this hardness of heart towards God and that's what the cause of death is. And so our hearts are sinful. Our hearts are ultimately um, yeah, our, our hearts are diseased to a point where we will die. Um, Matthew 5, uh, 8 and 19 say, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Our hearts are nowhere near God. Um, and the heart from the heart comes things like evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. Our hearts are are just continuously deceptive and continuously desiring those evil things, those things that um, God, God hates. And we know that it's, it's not 610,000, it's everyone. Romans 3.23 says that, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All people have sinned. And fall short of the glory of God. It's it's not one in every four. It's not just uh, the unlucky few. It's everyone. And the wages of sin is death. Ultimately, if all have sinned, fall short of the glory of God. All of us have this sin in our hearts that leads to death. And so, four out of every four deaths, I think the Bible would argue are because of heart disease. So that leads us kind of right into our our topic for today of Proverbs 4:23. So Proverbs 4:23 um in some uh in some versions says with all vigilance and some and uh I like this one. This is kind of the one that I learned above all else guard your heart uh for everything you do flows from it. So I think we need to define and unpack what this is talking about because it's it's easy to kind of read this and and just kind of jump over it, um, but we need to recognize um, that it I don't think it's talking necessarily about the organ, the heart organ. Um, I think that there are some are some very very. Um, uh, neat lines that you can draw from the heart that the Proverbs and that the Bible talk about and our organ heart, but I do not think that it's necessarily just talking about being healthy. Um, so I, I, I want to, uh, I guess, look at the Bible or the Bible and the organ are, are very similar. So um, when I when I went to when I, in 2013 actually while I was still down here some of you know or while I was still down here when when I was down here some of you know um, I actually uh, had liver disease and basically I still have liver disease I went into the hospital for two weeks and. Um, it found out that it was a, a, something where um, I had liver disease and that uh, I would likely need to go on the transplant list. And not necessarily because I needed a transplant, it's just in the future there's a possibility that I would have to have a transplant of uh, my liver. And so as a part of being on the transplant list, um, 
you have to do something called a transplant class. Um, it's essentially, you go to the hospital for, I think, a day, maybe two, and um, you do all, like, the financing things, but you also, uh, you do the... Um, you do a class and they kind of just explain what happens with the transplant. So one of the things that they'll tell you, and this is kind of, I guess, more on the morbid side, is in a perfect scenario, this is what you want in order to get a transplant. And um, in a perfect scenario, what you ultimately want is somebody to not have brain activity, but for their heart to be still going. Um, what that says to me is doctors know that essentially we don't, we cannot live, we cannot survive without our hearts pumping. We can live without brain activity. We can live without essentially the ability to think and the ability to reason, but we cannot live without essentially this, this organ pumping our life through us. Um, in the same way, I would argue that um, the heart that the Bible is talking about is essential for life. It's essential for everything that we do. I don't think it's the case that the heart that the Bible is talking about is just kind of where you feel, but you think in your brain and all of that. I think it's the soul. It's the spirit. It's everything. It's the center. And so the heart that this is talking about is very clearly something that's important. It's everything for us, and it is the center of our being. Um, and that is why it would kind of say, above all else, we need to guard our hearts, because everything, the life of us, flows from this heart. So, at this point, we know two things. We know, one, that our hearts are diseased. Our hearts are basically... Um, our hearts are leading towards death. Uh, and we know, too, that our hearts are the most important thing that we have. Um, so I guess the question that, I, that I'm going to ask is, uh, and it has the typical Sunday school answer, um, what do we do about that? Um, and let's, let's have somebody answer that question. What do we do about that? Can somebody answer that for me? Jesus. Thank you. I was hoping somebody would say it. If none of you have been in Sunday school, then, well, I, I know that's not true. So, um, no. So, Jesus is, is the answer. And, and more specifically, Jesus is going to offer us something um, that no one else can. Jesus offers us a transplant. Um, and so, we... <laughs> Yeah, the only way to get to get essentially away from this 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 organ that is dying is to get a new one to receive something new, and Jesus has offered us um, this new heart. In Ezekiel thirty six twenty six, it says, "I will give you a new heart and put in you a new spirit. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh." Jesus offers us. And God offers us this new, um, this new organ. He becomes our organ donor. He gives us a heart of flesh, one that can, can interact with the spirit, one that is our center and can really truly be um, something uniquely jo joined with God. Um, so 
in order to understand what Jesus is offering us, we also need to understand a few things about a transplant. Um, we, so when you get a transplant, it's not really a, hey, I'm going to go to the hospital and they're going to put a new organ in me and then I'm going to leave and then I'm going to live the rest of my life like I want to. Right? Like, it is not that. You cannot do that. Ultimately, if you go and get a transplant, it's going to affect every single thing you do from there on out. Every single decision you make, everything you, you want to eat, everything that you maybe want to go do, every place you want to go, you now need to make that decision in, context, in the context of, I have a new organ in me. Um, let's say you want to go out and you want to start smoking. Well, maybe you probably can't because you have this organ that is new and you need to take care of it. Um, for somebody that has a liver transplant, if you want to start drinking, if you want to go and have a beer, you can't. They specifically tell you, you cannot do this. Um, if you, uh, yeah, if you want to go move somewhere that you think is really awesome, but there is no hospital there, you probably can't move there. Um, if you want to join the military, sorry, they don't accept people that have gotten a transplant. That's just not something that you're going to be able to do. And, and so you have to keep in mind that every single step that you take, every single thing that you possibly do in the future is now affected by essentially this transplant. So... We need to think about our transplant in the context of that. We need to be vigilant and protect and keep the transplant that we've been given. Otherwise, it's going to lead back to a place where it was. It's going to lead even worse, actually. And, and so our hearts can, yes, our hearts are new and they have become flesh, but we can separate ourselves from God through sin. We can separate ourselves from God again. And yes, we may be saved. We may still um, have that, that saving grace that God has given us, but there is still a, a separation and a, um, yeah, just a, a, a death of our heart that is new. Um, so if if we're going to be vigilant, there are a few things that we need to be aware of that we are going to protect against. Um, so I think I have a few or two different categories, right? In um, the first category, I, I would say is kind of the internal. Um, yeah, just because there are there are uh, it's a new heart doesn't mean there there are no weaknesses. Um, we have to care for this new heart. Like, it, it, it's it's still a heart. It's still it's still the case that these verses are are true. Um, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond all cure, um, or beyond cure. Who can understand it? And then, uh, every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. So our hearts are <laughs> extremely deceitful. They have a knack for essentially um, making everything out to be not our faults, right? I know, I know me personally, I have said things like, I did this because you did that. 
I did this or I let myself become angry because you weren't very nice to me. Or um, I, I don't know, I started thinking about this thing because that person did this. And that's starting to blame and allow for either bitterness or um, any, any sin to enter our hearts because of the fact that we are, <laughs> I don't know, because our hearts are deceitful. Because our hearts ultimately want to justify every single action that we take. Um, and so... What I guess what I what I have to what I have to ask is is kind of okay. Well, if we're saying everything is right in our own eyes, then how can we how can we essentially get away from that? And one of the things that we need to do is we need to be humble before God, and we need to let His truth kind of enter our hearts, and and we need to weigh those things that essentially can take bitterness and um, can allow for bitterness and can allow for um, really just uh, a, a bad, um, uh, well, yeah, a bad relationship, uh, a separation from God. Um, so in college, I knew I knew a few people um, that were this way, but especially um, I'm thinking of one person, um, and they, yeah, they had a few different things going on at, at a specific time, and um, they were really struggling through what it meant for friends to get married and what it meant for um, them to not be them to be single and, and they really wanted to get married and um, and and so I and they were also just struggling through other things like um, pornography and um, all of this stuff and they were kind of allowing bitterness to take root in their own hearts um, they weren't being honest and a lot of times I, I I talked to, to the uh, this person, and um, or I knew people that had talked to him, and uh, they had said, oh, "Nothing's wrong. This is great." And and they would always be very encouraging. They would, I think, that they would say things that were very encouraging, or say things that were really good, um, and that was awesome. And and yet still. Maybe a year or two after I, I graduated from college, um, I had found out that this person decided, you know what, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm sick of it. I'm bitter. I'm, I'm upset, and I just want to be away from everyone that is is here. And um, and I, I think I saw this this ramp up to this because it's not it's not usually a decision that you're just going to make in the moment, right? Like it's not usually a decision that you're saying like, oh, this one thing happened, I'm not going to be a part of this. Sometimes that does happen, but more often than not, it's the case that it kind of builds over time, and you allow bitterness to take root in your heart from like one small thing, and then from there on out, you just have this these steps of I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do this, or I'm, I'm upset over this, I'm upset over this, and then now you're at a place where you can't turn back, and you have so many things that you're angry, so many people that you're angry with, so many um, things that you're angry with God over, and now you don't want to be... Um, you don't want to be involved in the church. You don't want to be involved in people's lives because... You're, you're upset, and um, there's just no way uh, back from that. 
Um, and, and so the way, the way that we would get around that, the way the things that we would get around that is we would not allow our hearts to essentially um, go towards that. Because things like lust and anger and selfishness and pride are always trying to deceive us. They're always trying to get into our hearts and basically corrupt it and turn it away from God. Basically turn it back into this heart of stone. If we do not guard our hearts against these things, we will, we will go back to the heart of stone. It's not a question of maybe we will, maybe we won't. It is we will if we allow these things to enter our hearts. So sometimes we don't even fully understand uh, what's going on in our hearts. I think that is what's scary to me, is sometimes my heart, I don't even fully understand the, the things that are going on. So I, I think the way that, that, that you kind of can guard against this is by having people around you that will essentially ask you some questions, um, that will come up to you and ask you, hey, I see this thing going on in your heart. I see... Um, anger and bitterness going on in your heart. Are you angry today? Uh, sometimes the answer is, no, I'm not angry. Um, obviously, you're angry if that's the answer. Um, and I think that that we need people around us. We need people to more or less say to us, hey, I see this going on in your heart. Is this, is this something that you're struggling with? Um, and that brings us to Proverbs 25. Uh, it says, the purpose of a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. So we need a humble heart before God. We need a humble heart or um, the ability to uh, basically allow for God's truth to penetrate our hearts. Because A, we need for the ability, we need... Um, the ability to read the word and let it into our hearts, but we also need the ability for somebody to come to us and say, hey, I see this thing going on, and we have, uh, we have a humble nature before them and are willing to allow them to speak into our lives. So that's, that's the first question I have, is do you have a humble heart? Are you um, humble with others and humble before God so that his truth can penetrate your heart and allow it to be a heart of, um, yeah, a heart of flesh? Um, the second question I have is, do I have a wise person to see and draw out the struggles of my heart? I think... Um, it's often the case that we can kind of internalize things. We can uh, just kind of pull away and try and look really, really, really religious. Um, and that's not what we want, right? We don't want to be in a place where we are um, looking really religious and looking really good, but our hearts are far from God. We don't want to be those whitewashed tombs that Jesus talks about um, when he's talking to the Pharisees. We want to be um, men and women that 
ultimately are close to God in our hearts. And the way that we do that is by having a wise person that knows and can speak into our hearts and can ultimately um, draw out the things that we're struggling with and can help us to come um, into a closer relationship with God. Do I have that person that is going to walk up to me and um, see anger and bitterness and is willing to speak into those things? Um, The last question I have is, am I that person for somebody else? Am I willing to go to somebody else and say to them, hey, I see this in your life. I see this problem. I see this thing. Um, I see lust. I see anger. I I, I don't know how you would see lust. That's maybe not something that um, you would see. But necessarily you could talk to somebody and you could hear something that they're saying and you could see more or less, hey, I see this uh, this kind of word, words being used. And um, I'm just, I want to come alongside you. I want to pray with you. I want to bring us into a closer relationship with God. Now, I do have to have a warning about this. If you are this kind of person, I don't want it to be the case where you're going to someone and saying, hey, you've got a problem. You need to fix it. Um, that is that is not what I'm talking about. Do not go to your friend and tell them that they have a problem and they need to fix it. Uh, because that is not... Jesus specifically talks about that where you're basically taking a speck out of your friend's eye and you have a plank in your own. That's, that's not a humble approach. Um, What I'm talking about is a very humble approach, one that essentially says, hey, let me uh, come alongside you and bless you in a way that will bring us both closer to God. Um, And I have been very much blessed by men and women, well, men specifically, not women. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of women except for my wife um, that are willing to do this for me. Um, And that's probably best, I I just say. Um, uh, But... I, I, men that have, have in the, in the past and, and today been willing to say to me, Hey, I see this thing. I see anger. It sounds like you're angry right now. Are you, um, is there something that I can pray for you for? It sounds like, um, something's going on with you. Um, can I, can I do something for you? Can I, um, can I be there for you in some way? Um, and, and specifically, I, I think um, one of the things that has been a, a blessing for me, and I don't know if Zach has ever specifically asked me any of these questions, but Zach and I obviously work together, and so it's been a blessing for me. Um, we have coffee every Tuesday, like specifically leave the office and go get coffee. And for me, it's amazing because there are sometimes when I'm just like, hey man, I'm really struggling with this thing, or hey man, and like this, 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 um, would you just pray for me for this? Because uh, our family is, is, is dealing with this issue of, of trying to be selfless in this way. Um, and so uh, for me, it's just been a blessing to have somebody that's, that's willing to even talk to me about it, willing to, to be there with me. Um, and now I recognize it's, it's, easier because Zach and I work in the exact same office like three desks away from each other. Um, 
and you don't always have to have that. But what uh, what I think you can have is is somebody that um, maybe you consistently meet with, you consistently talk with, uh, or you just consistently text with, um, because those those people are are such a blessing in your life, are going to be such a blessing, and draw you into a closer relationship with God. So those are my questions. Do you have a humble heart before God? Do you allow God's truth to penetrate your heart? Do you have a wise person that is going to draw out those struggles, those things where your heart is deceiving you? And are you that person for somebody else? So that's internally. That's how we would guard our hearts against those internal things. And I would say that internal is way harder because internal is just, it's, it's, it's messy. There's so much more involved there. Um, the next category of things is external. It's a little less messy. It's very, uh, there are things that are, are far more apparent um, but it's, it's also very difficult, right? There are some challenging questions that we need to ask ourselves. So I want you guys to be aware that no matter how religious you are, no matter how perfect you are or you think you are, um, the things that you allow around you are going to affect your life. They're going to affect your heart. It's not something that you can just say, you know what, this doesn't affect me. It does. It affects you in some way. I promise you. Um, in, in 1 Corinthians 15.33, it says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. It's not the case that you can allow bad things around you and just say, You know what? It doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect the way that I think. It doesn't affect the way that my heart feels. I am fine. Um, I have to tell you, that's not true. It's, it's the case that no matter what, you are going to be affected by these things. So, if they affect us, if they're going to affect our hearts, are you willing to make difficult decisions um, that, yeah, might seem a little bit extreme? I think... I think it's hard for us to read Matthew 29 and 5, 29 and 30. Honestly, it's hard for me to read that because sometimes I don't want to do that. I really don't want to rip out my right eye. That is extreme to me. Um, I don't think Jesus is being uh, over the top here, though. I think it's, it's very much the case that we have to make extreme decisions at times. Things that might seem very uncomfortable or very challenging if we want to avoid an unhealthy heart. Um, yeah, Jesus says specifically, it is better for you to live without your right eye than to be thrown into hell. It is better for you to live without your left hand than, or right hand, sorry. Uh, right hand is most of you write with your right hand. Um, some people don't. But then to, to have that cut off um, and thrown away than to be thrown into hell. So are you willing to cut off those things that you recognize are, are leading you toward, towards sin when... Uh, when you see that, um, I know 
uh, I knew a few guys in college that were kind of, um, well, they got really serious about this, and I, I think that the, there was a good, um, there was good that came from that. Uh, one of them specifically got rid of his computer completely. Was like, and lived in. I mean, it was what 2011. Um, you cannot, you cannot um, live really today without a computer. Uh, but he decided, you know what? I'm not going to have a computer. Just not. I'm not going to be on a computer at all. And um, I, I just will not do that. And to me, that is like I'm like, uh, well, I mean, that's my job. First of all, I can't I can't do that. Um, so if I were to go to my boss and say, hey, I'm not going to be on a computer anymore, he'd be like, okay, well, uh, thank you for working here and good luck in the future to you. Um, because yeah, I can't. We I, a lot of us can't live without a computer. That's a pretty extreme decision, right? Like um, that to me is 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 similar to like I'm going to cut off this this piece of me. Um, so we need to ask ourselves a few questions about what what we're letting come into our hearts. Um, what movies and shows are we watching? Do you recognize that Netflix is mostly TVMA? Most of the things on Netflix, and I, I'm not saying that Netflix is bad. I'm not, because I have a Netflix account. Like, I watch Netflix too. Um, but I also know that there are a lot of things on Netflix which just probably shouldn't watch. There are a lot of things on Netflix that maybe we should say, hey, why would I watch this? I don't need to watch this. It's, it's essentially, if it's not rated R, it's rated worse than R. Um, so, yeah, are we paying attention to those things? Are we paying attention to the ratings that they have? Um, what books in print media are you allowing yourself to read? Are you reading magazines that make you uncontent with your, not content with your life? Are you reading things that you would say, oh man, I wish I had this life. I wish I had that. I wish I had those things. Are you reading books that have the same kind of things that the movies and shows have? Because they, and they explain them in detail. Um, are you paying attention to what's in those things? What websites are you looking at? Now, obviously, there's the pornography and, and that kind of stuff. And really, that's, <laughs> yeah, you should definitely avoid that. But there are other websites that I would say are similar to the magazines. It's like, this just makes me not content. Or um, there are websites where you start looking at it and you, you're just getting angry over all the political things that are happening, right? Because I'm, I'm mad at Trump or I hate Trump or I love Trump and I hate all the uh, it doesn't matter ultimately you can become so bitter and so angry towards whoever is on the other side of you um, because of these websites that you look at are you recognizing in your heart what is going on when you actually go to these websites um, the last one is what social media are you using so I use social media not all social media. I'm not on Instagram. I have. I'm. I can really only say I'm on like Facebook and LinkedIn. And LinkedIn, I don't even consider it social media. I don't know what it's for. Just basically recruiters to call me. Um, but that aside, I am on Facebook, so I use it. 
Um, but I also understand that there are people that um, are not on social media specifically because it affects their heart, specifically because they become discontent with their lives. They start looking at other people's lives and they start going, I want that thing, I want that thing, and I don't want my life. And that, to me, is just allowing for a bitterness towards your current life, your current situation, and an an unwillingness to approach God with that those things. So, um, yeah, I, I I think it's we need to pay attention to the social media that we use, and also. Um, I know uh, I've heard of stories of people that have said, you know, I get really bitter towards this person or I got really bitter towards this person because of their social media. Or I've definitely heard the case um, where I've talked to someone and they're saying, hey, did you see what this person posted on social media Um, or see what this person posted on Facebook? Um, Yeah, it's, it's stupid, isn't it? And I and I'm like, uh, usually I'm like, yeah, it's it's pretty stupid. Um, but I think one thing that we need to to pay attention to is, are we becoming bitter towards people because of what they're posting on social media? I, I mean. Personally, I don't actually post all that much, um, but some people do. And if you're becoming bitter towards someone because of what they're posting, um, and you're not close enough to go to them and say, hey, like, this is is uh, inappropriate or any of that, and if it's not inappropriate, um, then maybe you just block what they're posting. You just don't pay attention to what they post. So it's very easy to block them from your social media feed, and essentially you won't ever see it. Um, it's okay to do that. You still have them as a friend, I guess, on social media. You still have a, them as a friend on Facebook, but you just block what they, they, they post so that you're not allowing your heart to become bitter and you can interact with them in a person-on-person basis. And if you, especially if you see them in church, um, you should be willing to do that. You should pay attention to the fact that, yeah, my heart's bitter towards this person. Maybe it's because I said that they were stupid on social media. Um, so pay attention to what, what, what those things are doing to your heart. And I think the last, or sorry, uh, I did not want to jump on that, uh, jump on. Um, the last thing that we need to recognize is we need to check what we're doing. If you are not willing to check um, the content of anything that you are going to take, take, uh, take in, you are basically way, you, you're setting yourself up to fail. Um, it is so easy today to check the content of movies, to check the content of TV shows, to check the content of books, to check the content of, well, websites, you can block the content. Um, and social media, again, you can block it. And so if you're, if you're not willing to do that, then you're, you're going to fail at this. Because if I start a movie, it's going to be much harder to stop watching that movie if I say, you know what, this has some stuff in it that I really don't want or that I don't want to see. It's, it's usually the case that if I start a movie, I'm like into it and then I'm like, okay, well, I'll just kind of skip this part and maybe I'll like jump ahead. Well, I don't want to, want to jump ahead. I don't want to miss anything, right? Like, well, okay, well, what if I don't start the movie? 
then I'm not into it. Then I can just say, you know what? It's got stuff in it that I don't want to see. There are a ton of websites out there that essentially say, this is the content that's in the movie. Now, I'm not talking about going and reading every single little piece of the movie, right? Like, you don't have to ruin the movie for yourself. Um, but what you do, you can do is you can say, hey, you know, there are, there is extreme violence and extreme amounts of sex and um, all of that stuff in this, in this movie. And I don't want to see that. I'm not going to watch it. And sometimes that means you're not going to watch a really, really popular movie. There are multiple times when I've had to say to my mom, she's come to me and said, hey, I have this great recommendation for you. And I say, I'm not going to watch it. Sorry. Um, mostly because I don't. I can't. I cannot, with for my heart, allow myself to watch that thing or allow myself to be a part of that. And... And so I, yeah, I just don't. I think I think for me personally, um, the the Game of Thrones show sounds really intriguing. I would love to watch that. I'm not gonna. I can't. I know that I can't because I know the content in it, and that's probably on an extreme level. But I'm just not. I'm not going to allow that into my heart. Because it's going to affect me. Bad company will always corrupt good character. So these are kind of prescriptive things. These are more or less, hey, good. these are good, um, I guess, practices to have, um, whether it's internal or external. I can, I can give you guys all the, the, I guess, the prescriptions, all the, the ways that I do certain things, and, and ultimately, you could go and you could do every single one of them, and you could look super religious, and your heart could still be far from God. One thing that we have to keep in mind is Philippians 4, 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What we need to remember is this isn't up to us ultimately. God is the one that guards our hearts. We can only do so much. We can, we can make wise decisions and we can protect our hearts and we can um, have wise people around us. But unless our hearts are humble and willing to approach God and let his peace flow through us, it's not going to do any good. And so God is the one, Jesus is the one that is going to guard our hearts and our minds. Um, I had a, uh, a, a, I guess it's a hymn that I really liked. I'm not going to sing it. And no, I will not, like, no one's going to get me to sing this. But I will, uh, I will read it. It says, May the mind of Christ my Savior live in me from day to day. 
by his love and power controlling all I do and say. May the word of God dwell richly in my heart from hour to hour so that all may see I triumph only through his power. May the peace of God, my Father, rule my life in everything that I may be calm to comfort sick and sorrowing. May the love of Jesus fill me as the waters fill the sea, him exalting, self-abasing, this is victory. May I run the race before me, strong and brave to face the foe, looking only unto Jesus as onward I go. May his beauty rest upon me as I seek the lost to win, and may they forget the channel, seeing only him. Um... This is my, I guess, my prayer for you, um, that you would be humble before God, letting his peace flow through you and letting his peace essentially guard your heart and, and mind and that, um, yeah, and that we as a church would be wise men and women um, for each other that would draw out the, the desires and um, just the, um, I guess, the uh, things of, that are in our hearts. Um, so that's that's really all I have. Um, why don't I pray and and close um, here this morning? Um, God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for just the fact that we can um, we can trust and rely on you to protect and guard our hearts. Um, it is not up to us, God, to um, I guess guard completely against everything. God, we can trust you to do that. We can trust you to keep us. God, you, you, you say that you're, you're going to keep us, God. Help us to be people that draw near to you, that humble, humble, humble ourselves before you um, and love and um, desire your truth and your, um, your word to flow through us. God, I think it's it's so easy for us to become these whitewashed tombs to look good on the outside. It's very easy for us to become um, the people that are very religious. Um, but God, what we want is a heart that is soft to you. God, we want a transplanted heart that God, that is alive. Um, God, would you give us that? Would you allow us to be, um, yeah, just close to you and near to you? And would you be overjoyed in our meeting? Would you be overjoyed in us today, God? Um, I thank you for again for this morning. God, help us to walk out of here um, just with a renewed sense of, um, yeah, just who you are and where, where you'd have us go. And pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.